so glad you could join us for mornings at YCBC today. We want to thank you for being a part of our online family and we hope that this message encourages you, blesses you and helps you grow in your walk with Him. So let's get into the Word. I pray that we would be mesmerized by you. That we would be captivated by your beauty. And Father, this morning we, we pray uh, for those who are unwell in our community, uh, our community of faith, our church family, but also our local community. Father, we just pray for those who are unwell. And we pray that you would bring them to fullness of health. We pray for those who are weary and heavy laden. We pray that they be restored and refreshed in you this morning. Uh, Father, we pray for our, our planet. <laughs> we pray for the world which you love so much you sent your son to. Mm, we pray into this, uh, the situation of the pandemic and we give thanks that in Australia uh, we're so blessed to live in this country that things are headed in the right direction but that's not the case everywhere Lord and so we pray for um, our leaders around the world that you would guide them with wisdom uh, to make the right decisions in, in, a, in what can often seem like a lose-lose situation Lord Father, we pray for breakthroughs that, uh, that this virus can be uh, a thing of the past. Father, we pray that there would be revival in the Yas Valley, Lord. That you would bring many to faith in the name of Jesus. That many would be captivated by the good news of Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Man, thank you so much, team. Um, they do such a good job of leading worship. It's hard um, when we're not singing along in the building. Um, we're, we're worshiping in heart, but they get a lot of uh, blank looks back. <laughs> and so they're, they're continuing to do an amazing job, um, our worship teams. Um, yeah, it's good to be back. Um, I joked uh, with someone last night that um, if I'm to keep my average sermon length under 30 minutes, that gives me about four hours this morning uh, without pushing that average above. I don't think that will be the case. Um, there's a clock in front of me. 40 minutes. 40 minutes. Oh. Cut off, yeah. Um, so we're going to continue our series, uh, The Good News of Jesus according to John. And so we're up to John chapter 11. If you don't have a Bible with you right this second, I encourage you to get it out. Uh, if you've got a, a paper copy, grab that. Uh, if you're a digital Bible person, uh, grab that. There should be some notes on there if you use the version and events thing. Uh, if you're in the building and don't have either of those, there are some. Um, my Anglicanism from my past is coming out. Pew Bibles, uh, they're not on a pew and we don't have those things, but there are some, um, some share Bibles in our foyer to grab one. Um, just leave it on your seat when you're done and we'll appropriately wipe it down before shelving it again. Um, so I'm going to pray once more and then we're going to jump into... To John chapter 11. So Father, we thank you for your word. I pray that you would quicken it to our spirits by your spirit this morning. I pray that we wouldn't just go through the motions of like, oh, that was interesting. I pray that our attention wouldn't be on whether we agree or disagree this morning. I pray that our attention would be upon what is the Holy Spirit saying to me through this word. 
Open our ears to hear, open our eyes to see, open our hearts to receive this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're up to John chapter 11 and we're continuing that series and we actually touched on this passage uh, some time ago. Uh, Way back in the early days of this COVID pandemic when we thought it had gone on for a long time already at that point and and that message was called This Stinks, Um, reflecting on Lazarus having been in the tomb uh, for four days and beginning to stink and and this time of waiting could stink and so that message is still up and available uh, if you want to tap into that. Uh, That's not where we're going this morning and uh, this morning will be a little bit less verse by verse and, and exegetical. I'm just going to pop this back here. Um, as I reflected on John chapter 11 uh, while I was away, um, I, my mind uh, did go to John chapter 11 knowing that's what I'd be preaching on when I got back and, and thinking about well, where am I going to take this? And there was one word that hit me, more. And the thought was we need more than we think we do. And so I've had a number of different titles swirling around my head for this morning, but I've settled on this, the title of today's message. If you're a note taker, you can write this down. Uh, The title of today's message is More Than a Healing, Uh, which of course is to the tune of that song, More Than a Feeling. I've been instructed not to sing this morning. Uh, Fingers are ready on the mute buttons of TVs and, and sound desks and things like that but more than a healing. Uh, And so I'm going to read the first few verses of this, and we're going to jump around this chapter, but I'm going to read the first few verses of John chapter 11, and then we're going to think about what this story says to us in our situation, but it begins here. It says, Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair, which doesn't happen until the next chapter. But we're told of this connection. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. And so this chapter begins with a sick man named Lazarus. Because we're going to jump around a bit... I just want to overview this whole story in case uh, we're not familiar with it. But what happens is Jesus waits. He doesn't go straight away. He waits until Lazarus is dead. And then he goes. And so Mary and Martha, the sisters of Lazarus, come to him and say, Well, if you'd been here, he wouldn't have died. And then Jesus says, well, I am the resurrection of the life. Your brother will rise again. And they think he's talking about, you know, yes, at the end of time, when when you come on the clouds of, of heaven, he'll rise again. And he says, no, right now I am the resurrection and the life. And so the end of the story is that Lazarus is raised from the dead. It's a remarkable story. It's one that actually my mind has centered on quite a bit throughout this Uh, season of COVID. And so I've called this morning more than a healing, not just because it's obviously more than a healing, it's a resurrection. Because we need more than a healing. So the story starts with what we think we need. 
The story starts with what Mary and Martha felt that they needed. And of course, what they felt that they needed was a healing. These are people who had, had great faith in Jesus already at this point in the story. That they believed that he could heal and that faith is reflected later on when, when we read in verse 11 of John chapter 3. Sorry, verse uh, 21 and 32 of John chapter 11. I don't know where I was there for a minute. Martha comes to Jesus and says, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. They have such confidence in that. And Mary, the other sister, says in verse 32, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And so they had this faith. What they felt they needed was for Jesus to come and heal their brother. In John chapter 11, verse 3, that's where I got it around the wrong way, we're told that they sent word to Jesus so that he would come and heal their brother. That's what they thought they needed. And it's not a trivial thing. Like We, we talk about oh, what we think we need. Uh, we think we need things, but there's needs and there's feelings and there's wants and desires and that. But this isn't a trivial thing. Their brother was obviously very ill. He ended up dying. And these are two women without any other men, as far as we know, in their life in a very patriarchal society. They needed him alive. And so they felt like they needed a healing. Uh, the disciples had some felt needs in this story. We, we read of their anxiety about going back to Judea, about going back to Bethany, because it's right next to Jerusalem. And last time they were there, someone was going to try and kill Jesus. And as his followers, a part of that threat. And so they, oh, do we really want to head back to Judea? You remember last time, it didn't look like it was going to be safe for us. And so the disciples think they need to stay away from Jerusalem to stay alive. There's this kind of almost comical part in the story when, when Jesus uh, euphemistically is saying, okay, it's time to go to Lazarus, he's fallen asleep. And they're like, well, if he's fallen asleep, leave him alone. Sleep will help him get better. And so they think that sleep is the answer. And so Mary and Martha are trying to keep their brother alive. That's what they think they need. And, and we all have things, don't we, that we think we need. We think we need to get back sometimes to how it was. If we could just get back to how it was before COVID, that's what we really need. We just need a vaccine. We just, if we could just sing. Believe me, I, it's a, a fresh coming back after eight weeks away. It's like, oh, I want to sing. And so that's what we think we need. We think we need to sing. And these aren't trivial things. Lazarus ended up dying before he's raised life. That wasn't trivial. I'm not saying these things are trivial. We think we need a holiday. We think we need a We think we need this president or that president or this prime minister or that prime minister. We think we need this thing to happen. We think we need to just hold on until it's over. We think we need to just get back to some of that good old time religion. We think we just need to follow the rules. We think we need to just, you know, come to church on a Sunday and we think we just need to get everybody into the Word and we think we just need this and that. We have so many things that we think we need for the world to be okay, for me to be okay. 
And one of the ways to, to tap into what we think we need is to ask the question of ourselves: what are you trying to keep alive? What dying thing are you trying to keep alive? See, Mary and Martha were trying to keep their brother alive. These things are not trivial. If we jump to the end of the chapter, and I was reading through, and I thought, my first thought was like, oh, this bit doesn't fit. We'll just kind of let it slide. But if we jump to the end of the chapter, well, not the very end, but uh, 45, this is after Lazarus has been raised from the dead. See, I said we'd jump around in this story. In John chapter 11, verses 45 to 50, we're told this. Therefore, therefore, after Jesus has resurrected Lazarus, therefore many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary to grieve with them and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. Then, Jesus, then the chief priests and the Pharisees called a meeting of the Sanhedrin, which is like the Jewish leadership council. What are we accomplishing, they asked. Here is this man performing many signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him. And then the Romans will come and take away both our temple and our nation. Then one of them said, named Caiaphas, who was the high priest that year, spoke up. You know nothing at all. You do not realize that it is better for you that one man die for the people, then the whole nation perish. And then John goes on to say, he didn't realize how prophetic he was being. He was just talking about trying to kill Jesus, but he didn't realize that was the whole point of the Jesus story. Uh, and so it's like we say, out of the mouths of babes, as this is kind of a situation of out of the mouths of religious fundamentalists, sometimes they say things that happen to be true. But what they're trying to keep alive is the nation. What they're trying to keep alive is the temple. And that's not a trivial thing. They were God's people. This was the chosen people. This was the chosen nation. This was the place in which God's presence was manifest and dwelt. And so they're trying to keep that alive. Their hearts were in the right place, in a sense. Their fear was... If this uprising gets out of hand, we'll lose everything. They're trying to keep what they already had. They were trying to keep their status, of course, but they were trying to keep what they thought was the right thing alive. They were the defenders of the integrity of the faith. But they were confusing the way things were with the way things should be. They were confusing the, the old season with the new. Jesus spoke about new wineskins when he touched on this. And so when we're trying to desperately keep something alive, when we're trying to desperately keep the thing we think we need alive, whatever that is, we, we risk being like a Pharisee that completely misses the point. That completely misses, in fact, the very thing that we actually need. The irony here is they're trying to keep the nation alive because they think that's what they need. They're trying to keep the temple alive because they think that's what they need. But, but Jesus is the one trying to keep 
to keep that alive and he is the one that they need. He is the embodiment of the temple himself. He is the presence of God manifest in their presence. He is the embodiment of the nation of Israel who's come to to break down that divide between nations so that all people would call on his name and have salvation in it. When we confuse with what we think we need, with what we actually need, when when we get so focused on trying to keep what was or what is alive, we miss the point. And so in a season of upheaval, uh, that we're in, we need to be careful not to do this ourselves. We need to not be so focused on trying to keep what was alive the way things were, the things we think we need, and miss the point entirely. What are you trying to keep alive? The reality is, we need so much more than we think. We don't just need that old-time religion. I'm not saying that's but We don't just need to get back to, to that old, or we don't just need this or that. We don't just need to sing. We need a whole lot more than we think. Jesus knew that Mary and Martha needed more than a healing. Jesus knew that Israel, the world, that we needed more than a healing. It was worse than they thought. They didn't just need a healing. Lazarus was going to die. But when I say that Jesus knew they needed more than a healing, I don't mean that he just knew that Lazarus was going to die. He knew that the revelation that they needed was more than a healing. He knew that the revelation that we needed was something more than a healing. Because Jesus let that happen. See, if we look at verse 4 and seven, four, 4 to 7... We're told that when Jesus heard this, that's that Lazarus is sick, Jesus says, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. So when you think it's taking a while for me to get around to some pastoral care, it's because I love you. I'm just waiting a few days. (laughs) I actually had this thought. I was chatting to Carl the other day when I came back, and I I am saying it to the church right now. I feel like I need to say to the church, look, I've tried. I've tried lists. I've tried systems. I'm I'm good in the moment of pastoral care. If you need me, if you call me, if you message me, my answer will be yes. We will find a time to meet. But if you're sitting there waiting for me to get onto you, I'm not good at that, so you're going to have to take care of that yourself. You're going to have to care for one another, and you're going to have to let me know if you need a chat or a prayer. So Jesus loved them, so he waited. Because he loved them, he waited, and he let Lazarus die because he knew that they needed more than a healing. He knew that a healing wouldn't be enough to show them how much, how bad things were, how much they truly needed. He knew that a healing wouldn't fully reveal the glory of who he was. He knew they needed more than a healing. He knew we needed more than a healing. 
But this is so much more than about keeping something alive. Because things are worse than we think. I don't mean to be the harbinger of bad news. This is about good news. But we need to grasp that things are worse than we think. I don't mean the pandemic. I don't, I don't mean that. I mean, we live in a community. We've talked about, you know, if we just think about Yas, that a ballpark number is 6,000 people who don't know Jesus. And so if we think we need to just get back to singing, which yeah, I desperately want that, that's not trivial, but if we think that is what we really need, then, then we're falling short of what we actually need. If we think we just need to get everyone back in the building, if we think that's the answer, then, then, then we're failing to see how much we really need. That's, that's something I desperately want as well. These are not trivial things, but I want us to grasp that that we need, our community needs, the world needs so much more than just a healing, just a song, just a good attendance on a Sunday. We don't just need to get back to church, we need a revival. We don't just need a healing, we need a resurrection. The good news, that's the bad news. The bad news is things are so much worse than we, want, than we think. So many people are wandering around, lost and without hope, the Bible would say. But the good news is this, that Jesus is the more. Jesus is the more that we need. See, in verse 11, sorry, yeah. a break, I'm out of practice. I'm straining my preaching muscles this morning. I'm all over the shop. In chapter 11, verse 25 and 26, Jesus finally shows up too late for what Mary and Martha thought they needed, but right on time for what they actually needed. And so in verse 25, after Martha's ran to Jesus and said, Oh, if only you had been here, because... What we think we need turns into if-onlys. If only you had been here. And so Jesus says to her in verse 23, we'll start a little bit earlier, and when I said, your brother will rise again. Martha, no, he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. We've talked about before through this series that that phrase I am in the Greek is akin to a claim to full divinity. Echo I me. Uh, I said to someone this morning there would be no Greek in today's sermon, but I lied. <laughs> Not intentionally. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? And so remember, John's gospel is all about belief. It's all about do we believe? It's all about what do we believe? It's all about belief in Jesus. That's the whole point that Jesus wrote this gospel, this good news. He says, I've written these things that you might believe and have salvation in his name. And so Jesus asked this question of Martha, do you believe? 
surely believed that he was a healer, that if he just had been there on time, that Lazarus wouldn't have died. But Jesus said, can you stretch your belief further? Do you believe that I, standing right here amongst you, am in this moment? Not in, not in a time to come, not in a future at the last day, but do you believe that I, right here, right now, uh, everything you need in this situation, that I am the resurrection and the life right here, right now, for your dead brother? Do you believe this? And so Martha cops a bit of flack. She's often at the wrong end of our biblical stories because we talk about Mary and Martha. Oh, Martha, so uptight. Jesus, please make Mary come and help me in the kitchen. But Martha was a woman of deep and profound faith, not to mention her servant heart, because her response in verse 27 is this. Yes, Lord, she replied, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God who has come into the world. See, she shifted from what she thought she needed. A healing. To this moment standing in front of Jesus saying, yes, I believe. I believe that you are the Son of God, that you are the Messiah, that you have come from God into this world. And so, if we jump down to verse 41... Uh, we read that um, Jesus has asked them to roll away the stone and then that's the moment where they say, oh, it's going to stink. It's been a while. And the point of that is that this is four days since his death. If it had been just a day, they might have called it a resuscitation. In fact, in, in Jewish belief, after, it took three days for the, for the spirit to leave the body. And, and you know, by four days... Many decay processes have started to take place. Jesus waited for all of that to happen. So it was the fourth day so that this wouldn't be not just a healing, not just a resuscitation, not just a restoration of someone who's just dropped dead to life, a complete resurrection of a completely dead as possible person. And so in verse 41 it says, So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said that this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe you sent me. When he said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. And so this was more than a healing, of course. Jesus said that this wouldn't end in death, even though death was part of the story. Jesus said this wouldn't end in death, it would be for God's glory. And so this was about more than a healing, it was about revealing who Jesus really was. He is the resurrection and the life. He is divine, he is powerful. He's immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. On one of our trips while we were away, we were listening to a sermon by Stephen Furtick of um, Elevation Church in uh, North Carolina, and he was uh, talking about um, some stuff. And he said this of that verse, he said, we often pray that God would do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine, but 
Then we get upset when he doesn't do things exactly the way we asked or imagined. We might think, wouldn't it be great to see someone raised from the dead? I'd love just to see, you know, I've seen seen healing, but I'd love to just see someone raised from the dead. We don't stop to think that someone has to die for that to happen. See, we don't get that revelation without a death. Jesus is immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. And sometimes that means that in the story of following him, things won't happen the way we asked for and things won't happen the way we imagined. But we need to have faith that the one who's revealed in this story as the resurrection and the life is, has the capacity to give you more than a healing, more than the capacity to sing, more than a vaccine, more than what you thought was the right president, more than anything that you could possibly ask or imagine because he is resurrection and life. And the beauty of this story is that though he knows this won't end in death, though he waits long enough for Lazarus to die and be buried, though in a sense we could say, how could he allow this to happen? He doesn't sit aloof from, his pain, from the pain of those who suffer the death. In John chapter eleven thirty-five, what does it say? I've memorized this verse. I'm quite the Bible scholar. It says Jesus wept. And so Jesus is able to hold together this capacity to allow us to be uncomfortable, to experience discomfort, because he knows we need more than the things that we think we need. And he's able to hold that together with being the one who's fully present with us in that discomfort, guiding us through it, being a compassionate, loving, comforting presence in the midst of it. What do you think you need right now? What are you trying to keep alive? Whatever that is, you might want to put it in the chat, either in the room chat, you might want to turn to someone next to you and just put that in the literal chat. Hey, I think I need this. If you're at home, you might uh, put that in the digital chat. But I can tell you what you actually need. Whatever you think you need, I can tell you what you actually need. Because what we really need is Jesus. I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'm the pastor, I get to do this. And I'm going to jump into chapter 12. Because this is the story of of Mary and Martha thinking they needed one thing and discovering what they actually needed was something else and someone else. We read this story and I'm just going to read it through and then I'm going to reflect on it and then we're going to finish and we're going to worship. But we're told this chapter 12 and, and this is important to part of the story. This is what the Apostle John said in verse 2. He says, this is the same Mary that poured perfume out on the feet of Jesus. And so in chapter 12 he tells us, he wants us to read these together. I don't know why the Bible dividers up as put a chapter in between there to make us think, oh, I'll read that tomorrow. We're meant to read it today. And it says, six 
the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here, a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served because Martha has such a beautiful servant heart. She just needed to learn how to do it without bitterness. Martha served. While Lazarus was among those reclining at the table, pretty cool story he's got. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. Thank you for John saying that because I would not have known what pure nard was. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair and the house was filled with the fragrance of perfume. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. And so Mary realized what she actually It was more than a healing. It was more than the religious systems of her day. It was more than the social standards that would prohibit a woman from falling at the feet of Jesus and wiping his feet with her hair. It was more than her dignity. It was more than the money the perfume was worth. Judas, well, he at least pretended to think that we needed to use all the money we had to help the poor, which is, of course, a good thing to do. He thought he actually needed a bit of that money to buy lunch. We think we need lots of things. But Mary realises that what she needed more was Jesus. That he was the more. She simply needed Jesus. Because he is everything that she needs. This is a story of more than a healing. It's a story of us hopefully realizing that we need so much more than we think we do. And I'm there with you. Yeah. We come back with thoughts of, oh, if we could only sing and. If we could only get everyone back in the building, then everything would be okay. If we could only do this or that, if only everyone agreed with me, that would be lovely. Um, if, if, if only, if only, this is the stuff that we need. And in a, a season of upheaval, when there's these things that we used to grab onto that are so uh, disparate and spread out, we need to be reminded that we, we don't need those things. They're great. It's so great to gather. It's so great to sing. But what we need is Jesus. Mary didn't sing a song. At least it doesn't say that she did. She simply fell down at the feet of Jesus. And so what I want us to do this morning. So what? What do we do with this story? Great news for Mary and Martha. Our team can come up to give people hope that we're finishing. (laughs) What I want us to do is let go of the things that we think we need to keep alive to be okay. Let go of the if we could just let go of the if onlys. 
Let go of what you think Jesus, the church, your pastor, your husband, your wife, your friends, your children, the government need to do to get things back on track. Let go of all the things that we grab on into and cling to because none of that will ever be enough. I long for the day that we can all be in this room that we can all be singing with the top of my lungs, that you can be reminded of how croaky and crackly and out of key my voice is, but it's passionate. I long for that day. I long for the day where we're not separated around rooms. I do long for the day when the pandemic is over. I pray for the people that I think should be leading politically. I, I, I long for all of these things. They're not trivial, trivial. Lazarus was really sick. These things are all good things. But they will never be enough. Because they're not what we really need. What we need is a revelation of the glory and the power and the enormity of the person that is Jesus Christ. He is the resurrection and the life. We need more than a healing. You need more than a healing. You need more. You need more. And Jesus is more. We need look no further. We, like Mary, simply need to come and pour out everything that we're holding on to, our pure nard, and pour it out at the feet of Jesus. To simply come and fall at his feet and worship the one and only Saviour, Creator, King. And so, Jesus. Come this morning like Mary. We've been thinking about all the things that we need. We've been trying to keep stuff alive. We've been trying to get back. But we realized this morning what we really need is you. So we bring our pure nard. We bring all of our resources, everything we've been putting aside and, and saving or holding back, and we just want to come and pour it at your feet this morning. You are so beautiful. You are so wonderful. You are so powerful. You are so present with us in this moment. And so we simply come and lay it all down. Thanks for joining us today. 
you head back into your week, we want to encourage you to stay in His Word, stay in His love, and stay strong in your faith. Don't forget to keep up to date with what's happening via Facebook, Instagram, or via our website at ycbc.church. See you soon.